0: We've got Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and Monica Crowley, former assistant secretary uh, of the Treasury. And uh, what, Monica, you've got? Oh, yeah, the Monica Crowley podcast. I don't want to forget that, the Monica Crowley. When are you going to invite me on the Monica Crowley podcast?
1: Anytime, Larry. Anytime. (laughs) You have an open invitation. I I can't wait to have you on. Are you kidding? (laughs)
0: This is great. So, Liz, <clears throat> you wrote a real winner here for The Hill. I like this. Liberals want voters to blame Biden's age, but his progressive playbook is just as much of a problem. Right. This is the latest shtick. All right. It's they're all running away from Biden. Right. Because his polls are in the basement worse the sub basement. But it isn't his policies. Right. It's not climate activism. It's not spending. It's not taxing. It's not regulating. It's his age. The yeah. Poor guy. We just cannot elect anybody. But you're saying, "Whoops! Wait a minute! It could be his policies." All right, talk some. This is a wonderful column. Everybody should read this column. Go ahead, Liz.
2: Well, thank you. I I mean, I actually think this is real. That when you have all the liberal media turn in one motion uh, <laughs> and be and go on attack about Joe Biden's age, you have to sort of think why why is why are they doing this? Why? step away from the president now. And I think, look, here we're coming up to a midterm election where Democrats have very little to run on. They've accomplished almost nothing, even though they're in control of all three branches of government. And where, where they have made a difference, to your point, like on crime, it's been a disaster on border. It's been a disaster on the economy, another disaster. So when voters are assessing uh, whether or not they want to vote Democrat or not, They're going to have to look at these achievements. And I think the media is freaking out because the entire Democratic playbook, Bernie Sanders' playbook in particular, has been shown to be a failure. And so what do they want to do? They want to pin it all on the doddering president. Well, I just don't think that's true, but I think it's an explanation for why they, you know, in one voice now, we're all worried about Joe Biden's age.
0: Monica, what do you think of this? I mean – the media, mainstream media, doesn't know what to do with the fact that Biden is in the dumps. Nobody likes him. Okay, the Democrats are running away from him. The Washington Post and the New York Times, as Liz points out, are running away from him. But it isn't his policies; it's his age. Do you see him? Uh, do you see him on the um, on the climate change thing? He was in outside of Boston, uh, Monica. He was the setting was so ugly look it looked like the ukrainian (laughs) battlefield they stuck him in ukrainian (laughs) battlefield and and says and because and because it's hot out it's in the 90s therefore climate change is terrible and it's destroying everything and here we go again no more fossil fuels in you know in five years or whatever so is it his policies or his age
1: Well, you know, it's funny that you say that, Larry, about the location where he (laughs) gave this climate change speech. I thought the exact same thing. It was all like industrial behind him. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't nature. Mm. It looked really bizarre. And I thought, you know, where is his advanced team? Advanced teams are supposed to go and scout out a great location. The whole White House is falling apart. Um, Look, I think when it comes to all of these articles that we're seeing. We're seeing a spate of things out there about Biden's advancing age and his inability now to do the job. None of this is a coincidence. The propaganda press helped to get him elected because they knew that he would be a malleable puppet for the powers that be, the left-wing power brokers that wanted to ram all of this socialist nonsense through. So they they knew that they could work around Biden and just have him there as sort of a figurehead around which all of this socialist agenda would, would rotate. Now you're getting these cases, not a coincidence. It is because the left-wing power brokers have decided that the useful idiot has outlived his usefulness. So they now want to use, the, use his age as a pretext to remove him. And that's why you're seeing all of this percolate up right now.
0: Look at if, uh First of all, they should have had him in front of a big wind turbine. <laughs> all right. That would have been very cool. Like t- take that Ukrainian battlefield setting that they had. They should have stuck a wind turbine in there. But then the problem is the wind turbines are always killing birds. So you're going to have endangered species. <laughs>
2: You could have had a dead bird drop on his head. That I know. Might be look, the end of the climate agenda.
0: Look, you know? I can't. <laughs> we would have these meetings in the Oval <laughs> with President Trump, or President Trump, and we, you know, <clears throat> and, and the subject of climate change would come up. And the first thing he'd always say is, "Well, I don't. I'm not against wind turbines, but they're killing all the birds. They're killing all the birds." And then he'd go on this little riff for about six or seven minutes about how we had to save the birds. But I do think that's a problem. And by the way, isn't it, uh, Liz, isn't it, um, didn't they try to put wind turbines in Nantucket or Martha's oh, Vineyard? Yeah. And Ken- Senator Kennedy and all those people said, you know, no to wind yeah, turbines? not in my
2: backyard, not in right. my sound, right? right. Of course. <laughs> and by the way, it's still going on. The the fight goes on in, uh, today. Uh, Not only because, of course, no one wants to look out their window at the beautiful ocean and see wind turbines, but also, yeah, they do kill birds. And uh, also it means the cost of electricity would go through the roof. That's what Mm. is never talked about, Larry. And, you know, there is this view that if you just keep keep telling Americans that we're going to transfer to renewable energy, it's going to be wonderful. And there's no cost. I mean, that's kind of the Mm. message, right? Plug in your Uh, your electric car and there's no cost to you you don't have to pay five dollars a gallon for gasoline lucky you because there's no cost well of course there's a cost and as we see in Europe now the cost can be two three now in Germany six times as much as it is here for electricity that message has got to get out that there is a cost but, yes, wind turbines uh, in uh, off the coast of Cape Cod basically bit the dust because of a Ted Kennedy, which yeah, is a wonderful, uh, hypocritical I move.
0: And John Kerry. Isn't he a yeah. big deal out there someplace? Yeah. I mean, Mr. Yeah. G- Mister Global Warming. So, um, <laughs> Monica, it's hot out. Okay? It's very hot. All right? It's, it's 95 in New York City. We're in a little hot. Therefore, here's the logic, Monica? It's hot outside, therefore we have to end fossil fuels. Is there anything wrong with that logic?
1: It's hot outside because it's July. It's called summer.
0: <laughs>
1: okay? And, and with the, the climate change, it's called God. Okay? Um, listen, you know, the, the conversation about wind turbines, there's a story in the last 24 hours that a wind turbine caught fire, and it actually spilled about 12,000 gallons of, guess what, Oil, because these wind turbines require oil, fossil fuels to operate, just like EVs require electricity, which in turn requires coal, requires fossil fuels to do all of this so-called green energy. So, look, I've made this point on your show multiple times, Larry, and I make it everywhere I can. The reason the left continues to attack the U.S. energy sector is because the energy sector is the biggest of them all. Meaning it is the biggest lever available to them to pull to effectuate the fundamental transformation of the nation. Mm-hmm. If they can re engineer the US economy toward a more socialist, Marxist kind of model, a collectivist kind of model, then they then they will go on to transform the entire country. So they took a step back and said how best to do it. Yes, they have small businesses under attack, they're trying to crush those. They're trying to crush all kinds of industries. But the way that they do it, the root of all of this is going after the U.S. energy sector. That is why they continue their relentless march. Yes, they may have some top-line concern about the environment or climate, but that's not what's really driving them. If they really cared, like John Kerry and, and the rest of these clowns, they would not be on private jets every five minutes. They would want those wind turbines in the ocean, in their backyard, but they don't. They're not hypocrites. This is hierarchy. This is the ruling class trying to effectuate a major ideological and economic change.
0: You know who put this out uh, many months ago? uh, Last year, 2021, Steve Forbes said modern socialism, uh, it doesn't take, you you don't have to take over the means of production, you know, like Joe Stalin in the 30s and all that. What modern socialism is through the regulatory state. That's how they're trying to do it. Now, the EPA decision by the Supreme Court is going to really slow that down or maybe even stop it out. But before we take a break, I want to ask Liz Peake, uh, have you ever had oil like on your windshield where you had to have <sighs> windshield wipers and to take the oil away? and then at the, And then 20 minutes later, you had melanoma, uh-huh. On your nose? I mean, (laughs) that's the analysis that Biden said the other day.
2: Yeah, another puzzler from our president. Um, (laughs) No, I've never seen an oil slick on the windshield. And by the way, who knew that Delaware was the most polluted uh, state in the country? I'm sure they're trying to live down that reputational hit uh, from the president. I always thought, frankly, New Jersey was without wanting to impugn New Jersey. Ah.
0: Anyway. Ah.
2: Uh, no, I, I, you know, another strange, strange wanderings. Do you think President did he, Biden.
0: Did, with this, he has COVID and we all wish him well. I mean, but did he when he did that appearance? Did it, I didn't see much difference, COVID or non-COVID. I <laughs> know, <it's> true.
2: <laughs> Barney was asking about, you know, do we think there might be some brain fog? <laughs> uh, how would you know? I mean, you know, brain <laughs> exactly. fog in Biden is like in everyday events, like is like the Nantucket Harbor, lots of fog.
0: I'm, a, I'm with you, Monica. You know, when you set up these presidential appearances, you really want them to look nice with flags and some symbolic thing in the background. That was looked like. A very bad post-Ukrainian battle. That's the way I looked at that. And if he's going to yeah, sell. I, I
1: did, too. I, I mean, that... too, Larry. And I, I immediately thought about, well, there must be no advance team on top yeah. of no communications team. We know that this White House has hemorrhaged their communication staff. Very high turnover. People fleeing the scene of the accident. So there is nobody there, really to micromanage this stuff or to think ahead. And uh, when you've got a president who can't do it, and then you don't have a team around him who can pick up the flack, we are in a very precarious position.
0: Well, that's the thing. Everything he does, everything he does goes bad. I mean, it's just a Jimmy Carter kind of story here. Everything he does goes bad, looks bad, says bad. You know, they cannot get out of this box they put themselves in. Um, Can we talk about this insane uh, $250 billion uh, pork barrel industrial policy picking winners and losers, inflationary uh, subsidies to the semiconductor industry? And I say, you know, all kidding aside, Bernie Sanders voted against it on all the right grounds, by the way. But 16 Republicans voted for the uh, procedural vote, and they seem bound and determined to vote for this bill. And to me, Liz, I'll start with you on this. Um, This really undercuts the GOP position on, you know, they had the fiscal high ground. The GOP had been running against big spending and deficit spending and money printing and so forth. And here they go. And nobody whispers any pay-fors for this. I mean, it's all the Democratic agenda and 16 GOP centers voted for it. And I don't get it. I mean, I just don't understand how this is possible.
2: I I agree with you. And I have been really opposed to this bill, mainly because it is indeed corporate handouts that we're talking about. Corporate handouts, by the way, to an industry that is one of the most profitable on earth that has experienced a multi-year surge in business. Uh, It's all about trying to get semiconductor companies to build plants and manufacture here in the U.S. Okay, well, that's terrific, but the truth is most of the major manufacturers have already committed to building plants in the United States for very good reason. Most of their biggest customers are here, and by the way, a lot of them are headquartered uh, or, or uh, now producing heavily in Taiwan, where there are fighter jets buzzing their plants day and night. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit a survival tactic to move out of Taiwan. It makes sense for them to come here, where we have a trained workforce, where, base, where, where the industry began, by the way. Uh, and so I think it's a completely unnecessary package to offer. Now, I don't know what other countries are offering these companies uh, Intel, for example, are they getting huge bids from other companies to build their? I don't know, but they've already broken ground on a plant. So it seems to me then holding your hand out for a big paycheck from the government just seems kind of ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Monica, I, we had Senator Rick Scott on earlier in the program, who's very much opposed to it for many of the reasons Liz just mentioned uh, But I just wonder politically, uh, does this hurt the Republican high ground on fiscal policy? Does this undermine their march towards taking back the Senate in November?
1: I think it does, Larry. And, you know, the old line about the Republican Party, they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Mm. And and the, uh, the other line is that the Democratic Party is the evil party and the Republican Party is the stupid party. Mm. Well, I think this pretty much bears that out. And there is going to be a political cost um, for these 16 Senate Republicans who profess to be fiscal conservatives going down this road of corporate welfare. They argue a good game against it. But when push comes to shove, they're still voting for it. And by the way, a lot of them had coverage from other Senate Republicans their colleagues who voted against it, like Ted Cruz and and others. So in this list of 16, there are the usual suspects like Romney Murkowski-Collins. But then some that surprised me, like Portman and Haggerty. I I don't know why they wanted to do this unless they just wanted to bring some dollars home to their state. But I want to make a bigger point here. I am all for bringing the supply chain back to the U.S., bringing manufacturing back. This is a national security issue as well as an economic one, Larry. But the way President Trump did it was with a carrot and a stick. So the stick was tariffs on China and renegotiating trade deals with our key trading partners, including our North American ones, China, Japan, South Korea, and so on. So we had the stick. And then the carrot was tax cuts and regulatory relief here at home to get companies to bring their operations back, create jobs here at home. And the end result was President Trump was able to bring back over 500,000 manufacturing jobs, whether semiconductors or anything else. That's how he got it done rather than this kind of uh, of out-of-control federal spending that way too many Republicans are sanctioning here.
0: You know, Liz, to that point, to Monica's point, why not focus on reducing the tax cost of doing business here? Extend the Trump tax cuts. Extend the 100% immediate expensing. Make R&D credits 100% expense in the first year. Those are the things that, first of all, have very little cost and very high return and will make the U.S. the most hospitable investment climate. I mean, don't spend your way, just provide incentives to come here. That's, that's what's missing from this conversation.
2: Yeah, I think you and Monica make a very good point. Unfortunately, that's just not the Democrat playbook. and that's, And that is still what's driving this bill. By the way, the initial form of this bill the, the initial shape of it was 2900 pages and yes it did have this 50 billion dollars for the semiconductor industry it had hundreds of billions of dollars for things like climate change mm. uh and the pro act pro labor union uh policies were also buried in this bill i think that's part of the answer they love these big thousand two thousand page bills because it allows them to hide a lot of things that they want to get done and they can't really vote on independently because they're not very popular. So they sneak the Green New Deal into the American mm-hmm. Peace Act. That's what's in this bill. So, you know, I think you make a lot of sense. But guess what? That's not what drives our politics.
0: No. And and Monica, there's a, another $50 billion slush fund for the Energy Department. Yep. So this is Cylindra to the 20th power. I mean, Solyndra, the Energy Department, and by the way, same with the Commerce Department, they're not really energy and commerce departments. They're hedge funds, Monica. They're hedge funds where they're investing in things, you know, and they're all doomed to fail. I mean, that was what we learned with Cylindra.
1: Yeah, the taxpayers were on the hook with Cylindra for what, 300? Was it 300 million or over a billion? I forget the exact amount, but the taxpayers had to eat that. And it's all it's all of this kind of energy experimentation that the left wants to do and again i get back to the much bigger point larry about all of this which is they continue to focus on the remaking of american mm-hmm. society and life the reengineering of the u.s economy the democrats are not about policies that actually work for the american people president trump was he delivered for them lower taxes regulatory relief fairer trade deals unleashing our great energy sector The Democrats are not about any of that. They don't care about whether or not these policies work. All of their policies are designed with a bigger intent in mind, which is this fundamental transformation of the nation. They don't care about how much money they spend. In fact, they want to spend more. They want to waste more, A, in service of this ideological plan that they've got, but also to implode the system. You know, this is what all of this is about. They are overwhelming the economic system, they're overwhelming the border, they're overwhelming everything but, in every direction in order to destroy it so they can rebuild it in a socialist model.
0: But Liz, the big hero here is Bernie Sanders. He voted against it.
2: <laughs> Who would have dunked it, right?
0: <laughs> he voted against it. <laughs> By the way, I had Bill Haggerty on the on the TV show. He he's a really good man and he's a good conservative. Uh, and I just kind of tried politely to – I had to go after him. And he, he just he, – he he said the bill would help permitting. All right, well, I'm all for permitting. I mean, the NEC wrote the NEPA permitting reforms. But this bill is not about permitting. No. I mean, that's no. the trouble here. This this is just a step backwards. I don't I don't know. Maybe they'll change their minds, some of these guys, and defeat it. Anyway, you're both great. Liz Peek, thank you very much. Monica Crowley, thank you very much.